its core, healthcare is about people. While the patients are always at the centre of care, that care is delivered by hardworking, passionate people that want to make the world a better place by helping others. The Clinical Excellence Showcase 2019 delved deeper into the people behind the care because it is their dedication, innovative spirit and a desire to give back that keeps our system running. These are the real people delivering remarkable healthcare. Food is critical to our well-being, physically sure, but also our emotional well-being. The taste of a perfectly seasoned steak, the smell of roasting potatoes in the oven, and the crunch of a fresh carrot all evoke different feelings of warmth, joy, and disgust to different people. We're different, and we can be fickle, and that is what makes humanity so beautiful. So... Why is it that when we're at our worst, unwell and hospitalised, that our food options are decided by schedule rather than preference? That is the question that led to Sally McRae's work on the food service model at the MATA. Innovative, cost-effective, yet elegant in its simplicity, the model has changed the way her patients are nourished and is quickly spreading throughout the health sector. So thanks for the opportunity to come and speak again today on our journey uh, following the implementation of room service at the MARTA hospitals. And I thought what I'd talk to you about today is our journey now. We're taking the data that we use to demonstrate the outcomes of room service and how we're using that now to uh, monitor and audit our operational excellence day to day. So just to recap um, why we implemented room service, we know that the traditional food service models in healthcare and hospitals don't suit patients. There's a lot of waste, both plate and production waste. There's a lot of late meal deliveries or extra meals that go to patients that they don't necessarily order. The bulk food production in hospitals tends to not lend itself to high quality food and temperature control, so patient satisfaction scores reflect that. And we know the well-documented prevalence of malnutrition in acute care facilities and the negative impact that poor nutritional intake has on that. And so we implemented room service choice on demand with the aim of providing the right meal to the right patient at the right time. It works exactly as you expect. Patient orders any time that they're ready to uh, eat, our hours between 6.30am and 7pm. We cook everything fresh on demand and we deliver within 45 minutes is our KPI. And then we pick up those trays over an hour um, after they've been delivered. So to recap on our journey at MARTA, we implemented the first room service uh, hospital in Australia in 2013 at MARTA Private Hospital, which is our flagship private facility at South Brisbane. That was followed by our newest private hospital, MARTA Private Hospital Springfield, which is a greenfield site. And then we implemented it in our remaining facilities at South Brisbane in 2016. And to recap what I presented last time, our key drivers or the issues that we had became our measures and then our outcomes that we reported on, which formed the basis of our nutrition and food services balance scorecard at MARTA. And we saw improvements on all of these. We saw food costs decrease by 23 to 27% per annum, plate waste decrease down to between 12 and 17%, 
Patient satisfaction scores increased and there's much greater patient engagement as we don't take a meal order without a conversation with the patient. And probably most importantly for me as a clinician by background, we saw both total protein and energy intake increase, but also protein and energy as a percent of requirements met. So patients went from meeting between sort of mid to high 60% of their requirements in terms of energy and protein, up to sort of the high 70s, 80s into the 90s. And we've published that work now. The first study in the private cohort in the American Journal of the Dietetics Association and the second one in our public cohort in the British Dietetics Association Journal. And so then we turned our attention to the outcome, the data that we collected to demonstrate those outcomes and how we could maybe use it day to day in terms of operational efficiency and more recently clinical management. So there's two modules I'll talk to you about today that are in our menu management system that help us collect this data and monitor. So Tray Monitor is the first one, and this allows us to track trays at every step of and leg of their journey so that we can ensure that we're meeting our KPI of 45 minutes, and we set a KPI for each step, the kitchen, the cart, delivery, and pickup. It also allows us to track trays per patient so we can see ordering patterns, and it also allows us to track trays, uh, sorry, patients per what we call room service protocol. So to recap, when I presented last year, when a patient comes in, they're designated as room service is the default protocol where they ring up an order whenever they're ready. If they're unable to ring up an order, they can be designated room service assist and a call centre staff member will come out of the call centre and take their order at the bedside using an iPad. And if they don't want to order, which is unusual, uh, they can be placed on a set menu where we'll send meals that are appropriate to their nutritional requirements, but not necessarily of their choosing, and at set meal times. And so then we took the data from our um, menu management system and worked with our data analytics team at MARTA and worked it into our data analytics tool so that we could use this at our monthly audit meetings, which is our senior food service and dietetic staff, and track all our data. So this is an example of the tray tracking page. So you can see here we can track percent of trays meeting our KPI per month, each leg. And we can look at this by month, by ward, by facility, or by clinical stream. We can track average time um, for delivery of all trays per month. So you can see we average just under 30 minutes delivery time, well below our KPI. If we look at our meal order data, we can track the average number of trays per patient per day. So you can see we're averaging about 2.9 to 3 trays per patient per day. But again, we can look at that per stream, per ward, etc., and see if there's any differences in longer stay wards, etc. We can also, as I said, look at the meal ordering protocol usage data. So the percent of patients per meal ordering protocol. And that becomes really important uh, when we look at waste, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So the other module that we use is called Mobile Intake, and we implemented this pretty quickly after we went live in 2016. And this allows us to determine the nutritional, or measure the nutritional intake or plate waste of every patient, uh, every tray, every patient, every day, and they're inverse measures of each other. So how does that work? When the food service staff go to collect the tray, it brings up everything that that patient has ordered on that tray, and they simply click off how much they've consumed of each of those items and the system automatically calculates the total calories, kilojoules, protein, macro and micronutrients for that tray. So again, we went to our data analytics team to integrate that into our tool. And you can see this is our waste page. We can track average percent waste per month, again, per stream, per ward, etc. So you can see we average about uh, 5 to 6% plate waste per month. And then we can look at it per protocol. This is what interesting data that we track as a percent plate waste per protocol patients. So you can see if patients are on room service, the plate waste is incredibly low. It's down around 4 to 5%. If they're on room service assist, it jumps up a little bit to around 11 to 
And if they're on a set menu, we're back up to the old traditional model uh, plate waste levels of high 20s into 30%. And so it's really important for us to understand this and make sure that as many patients as possible are on room service where they're able to be. If we look at our nutritional intake page, you can see we can look at average energy intake per month um, or average protein. We can look at average percent of intake per day, so that's the percent of the tray that's been consumed per day. Again, we can look at it by stream, by ward, etc. Or we can look at the percent of patients per intake category. So those patients that were meeting uh, intake of 0 to 24 percent, 25 to 49%, etc. So it's the same data, just different ways of slicing and dicing it depending on how we want to look at it. So then we looked at that data and thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take that energy and protein intake data and convert it into percent of patients' requirements met by individual patient, which is what we did for the research studies, but it was a manual process. So we worked with our vendor, our software vendor, to develop new capability in the system, and then again turned to our data analytics team to integrate it into our data analytics tool, and we developed this nutrition analysis page. So this is the front page, what we call the patient screening list, and you can filter this however you'd like, by ward, by physician, by facility, uh, and it gives a snapshot of that group of patients that you're looking at. So on the left-hand side, which I've blocked off for patient privacy, are the patients' names. But we also look to integrate our malnutrition screening and assessment scores in here. You can see their diet is listed, and then their weight and their energy and protein intake, as well as their energy and protein requirements calculated based on their weight. And then a clinician can look at that as a snapshot and use it as a prioritisation tool, which are my most urgent patients to see, who do I have to see first, etc. They can click on an individual patient and it goes through to the patient details screen. So you can see up on the left-hand corner are the patient details, blocked out their name. Um, in the bottom left-hand corner is their weight, and that is used to calculate, the system calculates their energy and protein requirements. That can be adjusted by the clinician, the dietitian using the tool, in terms of the amount of kilojoules per kilogram, protein grams per kilogram, depending on the acuity of the patient. They can toggle between calories or calories. Our paediatric dietitians like to work in calories. And they can use adjusted body weight, ideal body weight, or actual body weight. It can toggle through there. You can see then on the top right-hand corner, it gives a visual analysis of that. So the clinician can see very quickly the estimated requirements, which is the green line, the amount of kilojoules or protein that they've ordered, which is the purple line, and then the amount they've consumed, which is the grey line. So at a really quick, quick glance, they can see, is the patient even ordering enough to meet their requirements? And if they are, are they meeting those requirements and how far away from their requirements are they? Uh, and they can track that by day. If they want more detail, they go down to the bottom right-hand screen and they can blow that up where it tracks every single item that they've ordered, how much they've consumed, the, um, as I said, the kilojoules, protein, macro and micronutrients of those uh, by meal and by day. So the other way we use this data is in menu redesign or design, because now we have reports that tell us not only the number of an item ordered, but how much of it was consumed. And the most recent example I'll give is our Chef Special Initiative, which we rolled out about a year ago. So this is a special entree main and dessert that we offer to our private patients as part of the suite of differentiation of services for them. And about six months after that, we introduced our cold-pressed fresh juices, which we press on site, a mixed fruit and a mixed vegetable juice. And we offer those on a weekly basis and rotate them. And at the end of each week, we have a look at that data and see what's popular, who's ordering what, etc. And this helps inform our decisions uh, on the menu and what stays and what goes and what needs to be changed. So you can see this is our, main, our current winter special main meals. You can see on the left there are our maternity wards. Um, and there you can see the most popular item for them tends to be the roast chicken with lemon and thyme in the green bar. But if you look in the middle uh, range there in our elderly population in rehab, the blue bar, the country lamb and vegetable stew, seems to be most popular. 
We can see the same by desserts. Our maternity uh, team uh, wards on the left, they're like the sticky date pudding in green, whereas our elderly population tend to like the blue apple and rhubarb crumble. So it just starts to inform our decisions on our menu and where we send things. We do the same with our juices. We can see who are our biggest consumers of our juices. So you can see our maternity population are by far the biggest consumers of our juices. And we can see what are our most popular. So again, by far the blood orange berries and lemon in the blue bar is our most popular juice. Followed pretty closely matched the beetroot, apple and ginger and the carrot, orange and turmeric. We collect another um, range of data that rounds out our monthly audit matrix. We collect patient satisfaction data as do many, star, uh, many hospitals. And we aim for a KPI of patients rating the food as good to very good, as greater than 85%. We track that per facility. We also recently implemented an immediate tray feedback form, which we put on the trays. <laughs> this is a nice one. We get lots of nice ones, but I liked this one. Uh, where patients can give us immediate feedback so we can see if something's going wrong immediately. We also monitor our call centre data, so call wait time, call time, call abandonment rate and call scripting. And also, like many hospitals, we do meal quality audits on our meals out of all of our kitchens monthly to measure the temperature, taste, appearance and accuracy. And these are some of our meals on our current menu. So did we live up to our uh, award, the Contagion Award, idea most likely to spread? Uh, well, room service is certainly getting a lot of momentum in Australia. Uh, St Vincent's Private North Sydney were the first to go live after us. I think they were followed by Epworth, the Geelong campus, although when they implemented initially, I'm told, they implemented set queued meal times, but they've since seen the light and converted to on-demand. Uh, and I think their Richmond campus has also gone live. And up here in Queensland, the Prince Charles team has gone live earlier this year, and I believe there are plans to roll out across Metro North. So in summary, our advice uh, to any site that's looking to implement room service, measure outcomes pre and post. It's not only good practice for a return on investment or a benefits realisation case, but if we can start to measure the key outcomes using the same research methodology, we can add to the literature globally, and there's not a lot of literature out there. And we're certainly working with the Prince Charles team to uh, document their outcome, key outcomes, in the same way that we did at the MARTA, so we can get a repeat study there. Utilise technology to its full capability. Increasingly, sites are implementing electronic menu management systems, which is great, and you certainly need one for room service. But what we notice is that sites are not necessarily using them to their full capability or understanding their full capability and the amount of data they can get out of them. And then we would recommend to then turn that into a data analytics solution because this is a really quick, easy, super powerful way to have a look at your data and what you're doing, not only to measure your operational excellence and efficiencies, but as we've started to do, move it into the clinical decision and care realm. I'd like to acknowledge my food service and dietetics team, our fantastic data analytics team at MARTA, and uh, our partner, Vendor. This podcast was produced by Clinical Excellence Queensland. To continue the conversation, follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify.